Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Crypto Market Watch. My name is Mars Frost and as ever I'm joined by my co-host Dr Nick and this week again it's another DAO selected topic and it's one of the spiciest in the crypto sphere and that is crypto regulation. So with that point Nick let's kick this off a little bit and we I think we a good introduction to this a good way into this is what's the current status of global crypto regulation as you see it. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting chat this week. I think it always feels a bit like dicey ground. If you talk about this, you might get thrown in the back of a van. We are going to get thrown in the back of a van. <laughs> are eventually. we going to get thrown into a van? Color is what color van is it? Is it blue or is it white? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's some van is on the horizon if you say the wrong things seemingly, which is the problem, right? You the we believe in a degree. We believe in crypto, right? This is I've dedicated my career to it now. So I've pivoted out of a 20-year academic field to be a professional in this industry, which is very unprofessional. And that's part of the problem, right? It's like there there is no doubt a shit ton of scams in crypto. Like it is that like I watched it for many years and I was still alarmed as hell with how scammy it was. I've been deeply shocked by some of the behavior and practice in this industry by in some cases, supposedly professional projects and what have you. So, yeah, I think there's there's a degree of, yeah, you can see why the regulatory narrative's coming up. A lot of people are getting rugged, a lot of people are losing money. There is overt scams. There's real Ponzi schemes. There's money printers, a.k.a. State algorithmic stablecoins, run by absolute degenerate idiots who blow them up and make millions of people lose money. And so this is the question. How do we stop that from happening? And the regulations is normally the thing that is proposed to solve all our problems. Let's let the state come in and resolve these issues by putting some bobbies on the beat, right? So the crypto sheriffs are here and they're going to make sure that if you do any scamming, you're going to be in trouble for it, which is to some degree like very sensible. And the reason why it feels a bit spicy, whatever, because we're talking about extremely powerful players here. As in the regulators? It's regulators are act on behalf of nation states, right? So yeah, the SEC, the CFTC, the regulators, just like the FCA mm. here and the uh, arms of the... So, yeah. We're talking directly about nation-state power here coming into crypto to solve the problems. And there's some big questions over whether it's to solve the problems on behalf of the retail investors or make the space better in the view that we're trying to nurture a new industry into a new form. Or are we trying to crush this industry out of existence because it's not something we want to happen? And that's the prevailing question. Which side are the nation states on now we know things like bitcoin for example are unstoppable decentralized systems that are explicitly nation state power resistant now understandably nation states find that worrying and that they at least should find that worrying if they don't all already so it's understandable right but by the same token, this is the new internet, right? So this is Web 3.0. This is 
the new evolution of the internet in which all future digital commerce will probably be rooted through. So nation states are stuck in this weird quandary of being exceptionally worried about this, but also recognising that this is a huge value generator for the future of technology. So the question is like, how do we steer the industry in a direction that we want it to go? and make sure the industry is better because of it. Now, can I yeah. just throw something in there? So I was talking to a friend about this the other day. They said, what is one of the your beliefs that you hold that very few people on the planet would agree with? And mine was that if I look at like the nexus of technologies that are coming up at the moment, so you've got 3D printing, yeah. you've got space travel, you've got crypto, you've got AI, you've got like genomics work. Mm-hmm. And these are like the, probably the major things that are going on right now. Yeah. Um, nanotech biotech all that kind all of that, stuff yeah right all of those technologies except for crypto concentrates the wealth in just a few hands yes all of them except crypto some of them exceptionally so i would say ais are centralizing technologies yeah space travel is going to you think there's going to be more than like a handful of space travel companies taking yeah, people up to the moon or whatever elon amazon yeah. Who else is up there? Richard Branson. The billionaire. Exactly. The billionaire. 3D printing could democratize technology because if you can make a 3D printer that can print another 3D yes. printer, then there's, there is like this potential oh, doc- democratization there. Yeah, that's very much so. 3D printing is a democratizing technology. It's, a, it's taking fabrication that would normally happen in a centralized manner. Yeah, in a warehouse, in a kind of factory. Yeah. And giving you those tools at home. So, yeah, I think there's some things that are centralizing technologies, and but explicitly crypto. And now, and here's the thing is it actually something that involves wealth distribution? Now, wealth creation, I would say. Wealth creation. Now, what it does is give people it's a democratized money printer. So the ability to print money has been a nation state thing. Very centralized. Right? It's just like power. only nation states can print money. Yeah. That's just... It's treason in most countries to do yeah, anything with money. Like, this is the thing that we do. You're yeah. not allowed to do it. So now anyone could spin up an ERC-20 token contract and print their own money. Yeah. So the money printers have been democratized. So that's a hugely, yeah, like democratizing force. But the way the industry is at the moment, actually, is that wealth being redistributed to many people or is it a mechanism to drag wealth out of lots of people and funnel it into a load of VCs' pockets? And a lot of that is, Mm. and yeah, that happens a lot. Mm. And to what degree that happens, I don't know, but it's fairly high. Yeah, Because there's not a huge amount of honest actors in the space yet. So the question is, Will regulation improve that? Yeah. And yeah, I'm not 100. I think we've just defaulted to regulation will solve all our problems. And I don't think that's particularly helpful necessarily because actually we have to solve our own problems. We need to improve the trust models on token launches. We need to make sure that the game isn't rigged from the get-go. We need to make sure tokens are distributed in as far and wide as possible. We need to make sure marketing doesn't get doesn't drive a load of people into like launch pump and dumps and retail get wrecked on it and a few people win. I don't think regulations are going to stop those problems. I think those problems are going to be stopped by improving the mechanisms by which we do these things. So right. yeah, so like, it's like ground level stuff, not because like it's a technological problem in many cases, right? Yeah. It's like the goal of blockchains it's a new architecture of trust 
So you can build trust-minimized environments. So basically, if you start Bitcoin, Bitcoin creates a trustless ledger or a trust-minimized ledger at the very least. All of these people are operating in essentially a DAO to secure a network and get paid for doing it. Now, what they're doing is protecting a ledger. And what holds that game together is not legal form, but game theory, but like incentivized actors behaving in a completely self-interested manner. The same is true for Ethereum, which has now just moved to proof of stake, but people are doing it to earn money. People are securing that network because it's the most profit-maximizing thing to do for themselves. This extends out to DAOs. So DAOs will be able to form the collaborative context without necessarily legal form. So normally when you go into spin up an enterprise, a collaborative financial construct, you do so with like shareholders agreements and by spinning up an LLC and a nation state recognized legal object. A similar collaborative context whereby, and much of that legal form is there to protect the people in the game, so if one person scams, then there's some recompense for the others and so on. And it's to make sure that the game is held together to maximise the chance of a productive outcome. I think a lot of that could be achieved with essentially like a token-generated game where money is pooled, decisions are made to decide how it's spent, all that stuff without the 40-page legal document that holds it all together. And what we're missing is just the construction of these games that allow us to create these collaborative environments without, autonomously, without a nation state saying, this is how you do it, or without lawyers saying, this is how you do it. Permission. Or, or it's just trust minimized. And right. it's like, we, we get to trust more by not trusting each <clears throat> other, paradoxically. And much of the average shareholders agreement contract is covering all the things that happens if someone does something wrong. And I think there's a way to basically simplify some of these collaborative arrangements where people get to collaborate. And it might be just like a simple pop-up thing. Let's just let's pop this thing up to, to do this thing. We need some money to do it, execute it, and wind it down. And yeah, there's just new ways of doing these things. And the paradigm of a, basically building all this legislation to iterate these games towards their better outcome isn't necessarily going to work. One, because this is a different thing. And actually, if DAOs are autonomous, they operate outside of these, like, legal jurisdictions. So they're autonomous. So they're autonomous. It's like digital seasteading, right? They're like digital international waters. So let's say you construct that scenario and your DAO is in digital international waters and you're like a pirate ship out at sea. How do you hold that game together internally so the the crew doesn't mutiny and sink the boat and steal the treasure or whatever? That's what DAOs are about. And I don't think regulations are going to be able to control that or are capable of doing it. So it's like, even if they were capable of saying, this is how you structure a DAO, there's no guarantee that DAOs are going to follow that. Are you focusing on DAOs because that's where your specialist area of knowledge is or is that because you feel like that's the end game i think DAOs are the end game and i think all of these things will end in DAOs, right so i think if you have any hope of being decentralized then it all ends up in a DAO. now there are many crypto services 
They are not decentralized. They handle crypto assets. They're a centralized company that receives crypto assets for payment or hold other people's crypto assets under management, look after it for them, allow them to trade it. They're a payment like exchanges, process. custody Exchange, services, payments, exchanges, all that stuff. payment processes, crypto debit cards, like all of these things that are directly plugged into the fiat layer. And they're centralized. If you are centralized, you absolutely should be regulated, in my view. That's the low-hanging fruit. So yeah, but what's the state of crypto regulation at the moment? I would say it's very uncertain. Already, it's the case that if you're a centralized player, like, you know, your Coinbase's and FTX's and Crypto.com's of this world, you need licenses, you need broker-dealer licenses, you need comply to AML5D and all these regulations that, because you're a centralized business that's handling crypto assets got it okay so <clears throat> if i've understood you correctly if it's a centralized service yeah then it should be regulated if it's decentralized then essentially it's in digital international waters and should be unregulated now that opinion is probably enough to get you thrown in the back of a van but it's close to where like my answer to that is probably for now okay so I mean, let's just wind back over what's just happened over the last six to eight months. Yep. So we had a stable coin mm. that wasn't a stable coin. Yep. It was sold as a stable coin. Luna. Yeah. Luna, Terra Luna, UST. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this will have heard of this, if not got grossly impacted by it. Basically, anyone who's hold, holding crypto got impacted by it because this thing was, it was billed as an al algorithmic stable coin, but yep. it wasn't. No. It was a simple mint and burn contract with basically this associated lending protocol called Anchor, which had something in it called DGEN Box, <laughs> which unbelievably... the That's writing, what it says on the tin. The writing was on the wall at this point, right? Like, <clears throat> I looked at this times like, are you serious? This is a mint and burn contract. There's no mechanism here for managing the collateral of this thing. In fact, it's completely uncollateralized the only thing holding this together is like arbitrage and that arbitrage is being conducted now the genius of this really was to open source that arbitrage normally that's going to be like market makers big game players who are like arbing the spread when a stable coin goes to one one dollar and one cent then you know they can dump inventory on it they can arb out the price difference and people were doing that but it all the dgens were in on it and in fact, using this thing, you could leverage yourself up to like high heaven in it by just doing this kind of looped leverage position. And yeah, they were using this mechanism basically to liquidate a lot of their Luna. So Luna was the thing that minted UST. If you bought it, like there was people within the year who bought Luna for 40 cents and then it went to hundred dollars. So that you're sitting on a 200x. Now, the problem is, if you're, like, normally, if you've got, you've just sat, you've just 200x'd on a shitcoin, how do you get that into dollars? No, if you go and sell that into some deck somewhere, you're going to crash the price, right? Because even if you only bought a few thousand bucks worth of it, if you've 200x'd on it, you've got a lot of money. And as soon as you you're start... Dumping, oh, yeah. Congratulations. Multi-millionaire. But, like, yeah. the... 
as soon as you start dumping, all the other DJs doing the same are going to watch you. And then you, well, that's the thing. It's always a dump race, right? Always a dump race, and slippage is a huge problem. Yeah. But what Doquan created was the mechanism for liquidating your shit coins into this dollar dollar pegged thing that also had other dollar pegs like USDC and what have you. So it was just a perfect mechanism for liquidating high amounts of shit coins. Then what they did was start to sell their reserve assets. So they had reserve Luna. They were selling that to 3AC at a discount and were immediately going to dump it through the stablecoin. So the game got more and more degen, right? It got more and more greedy. And in fact, they realized it was starting to depeg. It had like several like wobbles. And it was like, whoop. And then, you know, it repegged because there was enough interest in keeping it alive. Then they were like, all right, so what we're going to do is back this thing. The way we're going to back this thing is by liquidating all our reserve Luna for UST, and then with that UST, buy Bitcoin. But what they were doing is destabilizing the game whilst doing it. And then they supposedly had a load, they did have a load of Bitcoin. Now, whether that went to defending the peg or not is rather unclear because it was centralized. Like all of that degenerate gambling reserve asset selling stuff was not done in a DAO. It was done behind the scenes. It was a totally centralized thing. It wasn't an algorithmic stablecoin. Algorithmic stablecoins are mechanisms held together by smart contracts that are totally transparent. To a certain degree, Olympus DAO was way more of an algorithmic stablecoin than Luna was, because at least like the whole thing was a mechanism that you could see happening. It was much more transparent. You love Olympus DAO, right? I have my issues with it. I mean, it, I just I knew it was going to blow up. It was just yep. I told a bunch of people it was going to blow up. Most of them hated me for it. It was very funny watching you like this. Where were we at? Yeah. Was it DeFi Live? DeFi Live, Zebu Live. Live. And you were you know, telling this like lad who was CEO of some project and he was pretty confident in himself yeah. that it was going to crash and go to zero. And it was like, oh no. Yeah. And he was like <laughs> fully defending it. Oh mate, that, that turned into like a proper shouting match. Do you remember that chick though? who was like, I listened to you, Nick, and yeah. I sold at the top, and she yes. made a load of money. She was super yeah. happy because she listened to you. It's wise to listen to me every now and again. <laughs> I made no money on Olympus Down because I looked at it and thought, this is going to blow up. <laughs> but I could have made lots and lots of money. I totally mid-curved it. But, and it was a flawed mechanism, right? And so the, anyway, that was... The question, would regulation have stopped that, is one of the key issues. Now, actually, where the game really went bad, so that blew up because basically there's a little run for the door button and all you had to do was, like, cash out in the smart contract. Yeah. The bank run button was basically send all your UST to the smart contract and you get Luna back. But what that does is inflate the supply of Luna. Yeah. And it got into this kind of doom loop hyperinflation scenario where... Yep. Luna went into the trillions and it went like catastrophically to zero. Yeah. And yeah, that was bad. But then as it turns out, these gigantic funds, 3AC, who'd managed to, because they were centralized, convince loads of people to give them money, saying, yeah, we've got all this collateral. They didn't. They were just lying to people. And because they were popular on Twitter, People gave them hundreds of millions of dollars on the back of an email. You're in a Telegram group, and then they go, yeah, that gives them, and they just sent them $300 million. Yeah, I'm in the wrong game. 
I'm in the wrong game. Yeah, they're on the run now. So it depends if you want to- I'm in the right game. We're, we're staying on the right side of the line. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this was silly. But the people who took money off them were the likes of Celsius and Voyager. And these centralized, again, centralized platforms who were taking people's money on the promises of stable gains. Give us your crypto and we guarantee you 8% yield on it or whatever it was. Now, to get that 8% yield, they had to go and gamble on shit coins. And actually, largely what they did was go into like high-yield things, one of which happened to be the Ethereum staked Ethereum, F-Steth pair, in Curve and on Uniswap and farm that. And basically because it's like meant to be a parity asset, basically, Ethereum... The Steth is like a derivative of staked Ethereum that you actually has future yield on it, but you can't get it out of the staked Ethereum. Only right. it's a it's an IOU for Ethereum in months time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Basically, what happened is they bought a load of Steth or staked a load of ETH to get the yield on it. Then, when leveraged into this parity pool, and got stuck in these very liquid assets. So right, we okay, we need these, this, like, billions of dollars to pay down liquidation, to stop, pay down our margin calls, and they were stuck in basically very illiquid assets. So anyway, it was just badly managed money in a centralised entity. Criminally negligent, in my view, and those guys are the people that need to be regulated. If you're taking money in a centralised entity, promising people something, 8% stable yield or whatever, and it's safe yield. There's videos of Machinsky like, saying, this is safe. Safe as houses. Put your money in here. Put all your savings in, in fact. Oh, there's and, loads of YouTube videos. Yeah, it's so. just, like, shocking, man. And then they were just gambling with it. Totally, like, pure degen trading with it on the back end. They lost, and then Luna toppled the whole, just took everything down. And then everything crashed because of it. Because everyone had to liquidate their assets to get out, which crashed the entire crypto market. Now, would regulation have stalled that? It might have, it would have stopped Celsius, Voyager, and the dozen other companies that all were degen trading people's money that was marketed to normies. This was not crypto savvy people who put their money in Celsius for the most part. But yeah, sure enough, they all blew up because, and it was because they were centralized. Throughout this entire thing, DAI in MakerDAO, DeFi, held its peg to the dollar perfectly, all the way through the biggest sell-off in crypto history. Aave functioned perfectly, end-to-end, like Compound did. You know, all of these things never got into a bad debt state because they don't give loans to people if you're famous on Twitter. You need the collateral in order to get the loan. So in many cases, DeFi is much more transparent and secure than normal, like, what you would consider centralized, they ended up being called CDFI enterprises like the likes of Celsius and what have you. So basically, yeah, there are actors for me that are the lowest hanging fruit that should be regulated immediately and tough as hell. If you're taking people's money, promising them safe and stable yield, and then just gambling their money, and then millions of people lose it because there's like a handful of people in the middle, that absolutely, that's like a, it's a classic Ponzi scheme practically. So, yeah, sort that out. Then the bigger question is like, okay, so we've got these DeFi things. 
what should we do about them? And yeah, and the same with DAOs. Like, I'm talking to regulators at the moment around DAOs and how we can regulate them and all this sort of stuff. And they're too early. We don't even know what one is yet. So how do you... Regulation necessarily involves characterising the thing so you can build rules around it. Some things are basically impossible to characterise at this point. So yeah, long way into it, but that's the current state of crypto regulation. Okay, so the question for you then is you seem to have a relative framework to think through in terms of what should and shouldn't be. It's relatively black and white. You did put out a tweet thread a few days ago about how you would go about regulating crypto and there were eight different options that you came up with. I think that it wasn't so much me coming up. It's basically just like eight archetypes for how regulation could go. I'm I mean, trying to correlate them. You brought them together. Yeah, it's just I don't like think I'm not even wedded to anyone. There's some obvious you, Sam. <laughs> no. I mean there's so we'll talk about Sam Bankman Fried in a minute. But and the reason why I wrote this thread and I've been thinking about it for quite some time. There's, again, I, I think of things in frameworks as continuum. So the current state of crypto regulation that we just talked through isn't actually. That was my take on whether crypto should be regulated or not, or what would be the best targets right now, which we'll talk about right. from this thread. But actually, there's huge regulatory moves happening across the world. The European Union have created MICA, which is their regulatory framework that wraps in stable coins and in some cases has some really egregious stuff around unhosted wallets, which basically means they have this thing called the travel. And that means that basically you need to, if you're sending crypto to an exchange, you need to dox your wallets. Like you have to say where the funds have come from and who owns the wallets. And um, it's just all a bit. And this is the thing, to actually be up to date with crypto regulation, you need to read these 290-page PDF documents written in legalese, some of which I do and some of which I don't. And uh, you just pick out the main bits. The Americans are moving with something. I forget what it's called. It's like the DCP something. We'll dig that up in a minute. But yeah, basically, there's a huge bill that's actually come from like the agriculture department or something. As usual, these things come from crypto regulation gets stuffed into some bill which is totally unrelated to crypto I like how it's linked to agriculture i have no idea um just more exoteric like as it, it's just like the way bills through move through the american legal and like parliamentary system it's not even a parliamentary system there's it, it's like the american governmental governance structure it's so weird complex and multifaceted exoteric that's what i mean like exoteric. Just, they, they 100% just made it really complicated so no one can get their head around yeah, it yeah like like i've attempted many times but it's just weird and confusing yeah. and yeah and not really all that relevant to us because we're in the uk but it is so yeah the sort of back to this i wrote a thread which had eight possible ways to go i like to things think of things in like continuum the first one I came to was what I called the DMZ, the Decentralized Metaverse Zone. And that's basically, you draw a big line around crypto, anything that's crypto-related, anything that's metaverse -y, anything that involves tokens and NFTs, and you just draw a big line around it and say, we don't get it, get on with it. It's outside of our scopes, outside of our perimeter. And actually, that's largely the situation we've been mostly for the last 
10 years or so. Yeah. So yeah, the, I've said the rules, there are no rules. And just let crypto be crypto. Go on it. No regulation. Now, largely people will think this is a crazy idea. This Things can't go on. And to a certain degree, there's real argument why. So I said, yeah, the outcome, the space remains an open source innovation bonanza, but also a Ponzi rug frenzy. And it will be. This is our life now. Now, I'm very open to the idea that the space will produce more innovation, more productive value, more outcome, with more oversight from nation-state actors. What I want to see is a space that realises its value maximally. Right? So, I believe in this technology. I think it's profoundly important. I think it's going to revolutionise humanity in multiple ways the way we do finance the way we do organization the way we do value transfer the way we build trust all of these things will come from crypto and web3 and i want that to happen in the best possible way so that's my heuristic for and that means the most innovation in the best direction now, I'm very open to the idea that just drawing a big fat line around the whole thing and letting it play out wouldn't necessarily be optimal. It might, though, just through pure free market forces. Right. It's totally possible that the best stuff rises to the top and just left entirely to its own devices. And you have to remember, this has largely been the case up to this point. And as of now, around 90% of the world's central banks are looking at integrating the stuff invented in this space into their central banks yeah they know exactly the, what they're yeah. looking at and they reckon because the reality is that central banking has had very little innovation for a very long time it's ossified into yeah. like a relic basically it, at best runs on excel at best at worst it's lotus notes <laughs> i've seen it no a lot of it's run on like cobol yeah, and ar- yeah. archaic i'm not even kidding when i said lotus notes no i'm, I'm absolutely aware there's like, <laughs> like there's like entire systems run on just can't even upgrade from Excel 2003 or something because everything will explode if they do. That's it. Because they've written some like... Obscure thing in basic. Visual basic yeah, script right. or something that God, like maybe. the person who wrote it's gone and it's too messy and weird, but it just works. And it's just an absolute state. 100%. And so outside of all that, in a total Wild West scenario, we've Bitcoin emerged from actively a kind of activist like cypherpunk origins libertarian type thing yeah and it spawned a brand new industry that has in fact influenced global finance significantly they did that without any oversight yeah now people did lose money around that way but they all had the choice to put that money in so anyway the i would like to see and this is why i did it there's it's like the overton window i'm trying to build here there's the radical on either side yeah And this is the kind of, on the radical end of the line of thinking, but it's a line of thinking that isn't engaged with enough. Yeah. Like, even in crypto, I think a lot of people in crypto say this because they're scared of what might happen if they say, actually, I think we should be all unregulated. I know there's people, I know there's CEOs out there who think that's the case, but are worried about being cancelled by... 100%. Like, and like, actually, it's part of the discourse. What would happen if we did nothing yeah and good decision making should always start from the premise of what happens if we do nothing interesting do nothing is always is often the best decision mm. right you, you can waste a lot of time and money and effort 
doing something when actually the best thing you can do is naff all. Just yeah. stop. But so that, that's, that's, that's where I started. And I think part of the thing with that, though, is that's politically speaking, that's not the world we live in. Right now, everyone wants to see action on something, right? Yes. There's, 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 a, there's a, like a... <clears throat> devs do Exactly. Things are not good. Devs do something. It's same, that attitude runs through the heart of governance all the time. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a reactive policy is the worst policy typically because mm. you just like people are up in arms about something knee jerk knee jerk decision making next up i sort of talk about okay let's move away from do nothing the next is regulate the off ramps so these are all the people who allow you to turn your crypto into real money yeah into we say real money alone your local paper tickets whatever they may be yeah but that's fiat rails fiat means fiat power by decree of yes. the state yes so you're in their yard at this point if you're allowing people to take their bitcoin it's got a market tradable price you're allowing to people based on a free market price generated with an open market structure you're allowing people to shift their crypto assets into pounds or dollars or euros or whatever yep you necessarily have to plug into the banking infrastructure and the traditional side of things so this is where you probably need to play the game. Um, you're in the fiat world. You're at the interstitial. You absolutely should follow these rules. And basically, this is what those centralized providers like Celsius et al. People were coming into buying Bitcoin mostly on fiat rails into Celsius, right? So people bought Bitcoin for the first time in Celsius or in Coinbase or whatever, they come in with a bank transfer and flip it to crypto. Yep. Now, we need to know, so I, in here I basically say, you need to prove that you've got the reserves. Transparent reserves are a requirement and your citizens dox their withdrawal activity to relevant authorities and taxmen. I'm not enough of a libertarian to think people shouldn't pay tax. I think it should be fair and it needs to, you know, be well spent taxes how society functions i'm not against that at all and actually absolutely think this is very sensible make sure these people aren't lying about the reserves that they have there was a lot of big players who got had exposure to to 3ac and lost a lot of money and actually it's very possible that there's some big exchanges that are actually very fractionalized at the moment isn't it especially this kind of starts to irk me is is that we're essentially holding crypto to a higher standard than we do the rest of the financial system in some cases by a long way it, and it, that really it just irks me well, because it's not fair i, right? I don't it, fair i don't think fair actually exists right that's yeah fair doesn't the exist world in nature fair, doesn't it? exist in nature does it it's just yeah, it yeah. is what it is so that's fine so i can park that but I look at if I look at the existential risks to humanity. Yeah, it's not crypto. It, no, it's if anything that is the beacon on the hill potentially. Like, yeah, it's the thing that gives me hope that we don't all die in a ball of flames. To be honest, same. But I and I but then I look at like the traditional finance system, and I've talked about this before. So I'm not going to go on about it. But I just look at it and just think this is going to be the downfall of most people trying to get ahead in the world is the system is completely designed to just hold them down basically yeah like it's i don't know if it's designed to hold them down it just well, well, do you know what contract means in latin no i don't contract or death contract or death till death contract till death mort 
ah, death yes. gauge contract, death yeah. contract. This is the world we're Shackles. living in. Yeah, this is it. This is the yeah. whole system is built around all of these structures. Yeah. There is a degree of, and Pierre Bourdieu calls this social structure. It's the structure and agency debate, right? Do you have free will to be able to move through the system in order to be able to realise your desires? Yes. In other words, do you have free will? Yes. The answer to that is probably not. No. Because actually society determines the potential outcomes that you might have. And this is the structure that you're within. And it is almost certainly the case, in fact, it just is the case, demonstrably, the current financial system bleeds the most money out of the poorest people. 100%. And th- there is a need to reform it all. Let's just, I don't think there's many people there. Yeah. need to worry about that too much. And crypto is a hope for this, but yeah, it is, it might end up making things worse, right? It might end up be just another vector for, it has the potential to be this democratizing wealth transfer system that make the world better and disrupt the existing financial system or it's just another cash grab mechanism to drag wealth out of everyone and largely if regulations there it should be there to stop that outcome happening it could be that the regulation makes that happen yes by baking in the old financial system in again yes and a lot of what sam bank fried was talking about and the reason why i wrote all this post was he essentially proposed his view of regulation. And yeah, part of that involved bringing up the gates again. Like who is allowed, who is permitted to have access to these financial products? In fact, the words he uses is who is suitable to have access to these financial products. And this is how the current financial system works. Are you suitable? Are you a suitably, are you a suitable person to be able to do it? In the traditional world, that involves accredited investor laws where you need to have a million dollars in the bank or X amount of assets or an income above certain threshold that basically locks 95, 98% of the world population yeah. out of access to the markets. Yeah. Now they might change all the rules now everything's going down <laughs> just so try and get the retail to buy their bags. But really that's not what crypto is about. So for me, and we'll get to this in a minute, but that's one of the things is like licenses, gates, barriers. The next thing I suggest after regulating the on-ramps is regulate the marketing. Now, what I thought was absolutely criminal was Celsius offering stable, safe yield to people at 8%, you know, better than you'll get in the banks and bring down the banks and bring in, jumping on all the crypto memes to sell someone something that was not real. It was a lie. And if you are lying to people in order to get them to put money into something, and what they're getting is not what you promised them, that should be against the law. And actually, I think this could easily extend to DeFi beyond the beyond the centralized outfits, which are custodial in nature. So largely, I think custodiality is the major thing. If you're holding money on people's behalf, you're regulated. Like, that's easy to say. But even DeFi projects, like I keep going on about this bloody poster in the London Underground for Seifu, knock knock, who's their crypto, ape in here, and it's a Ponzi scheme. And that thing is on like the wall as you get off London Bridge Tube, right? It's Yeah, I've seen it. I saw it, it's gone there. Don't allow that to happen. That's like the regulation, like sort that out. Make sure, like when you're doing this stuff, 
start with the low-hanging fruit, start where the biggest problems are, and do what's most achievable. Now, doing some basic vetting on advertising has to be one of the best routes into this. So basically, I say, elevate the marketing regulators to be the most important actors in crypto. Make it illegal to advertise. Don't make it illegal to advertise, but find good practice. And actually, what the outcome would be is people have to talk about what they've really got. Like selling vaporware becomes much more difficult to do. Because if you're promising someone something that doesn't exist, it's a lie. And the most frustrating thing about this last cycle was trying to market a substantial product with real technology underneath in a world where people are just pumping vaporware. And it was just a vaporware frenzy. It was all lies. It was all a facade. And a lot of people were just onto this, right? A lot of the retail participants know that this is vaporware. Uh, there's this open source pump game that everyone's running in and out on following the hype and people like that game. And in fact, a lot of the clued up retail participants made money out of that. So this might not be a nice outcome for a lot of people because actually it breaks that pure hype manipulation game that you get from paying influencers big money to shill a product without disclosing it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think, I mean, it makes sense. I've issues with marketing in just generally across the board. Yeah. Humans are really, the, really successful. There are advertising standards, right? This yeah. is not an unusual thing. Because we're really susceptible to it. Yeah. Humans, are, we all think that we're not. Yes. <laughs> but we actually really deeply are in different ways. Yes. So, and the next one you mentioned was free market self-regulation. Yes. So this is sounds like a libertarian wet dream. It is a bit. It's I believe in self-regulation, partly because like, I'm trying to do it with the contracts that we're building at Factory Dow in the sense that baked yeah. into the contracts, you cannot rug the token, right? You don't have all of the mission schedules are transparent. The token was launched via open auction mechanism. It's appropriately vested. It's like the LP tokens are locked and everyone's stuck in this kind of like unruggable situation all you've got is the liquid tokens that you've got that come out on a schedule that open for everyone to see no one holds the management keys to be able to yank all the liquidity out the market and run off so that is a self-regulation that is the systems improving if everyone used our combination of bank and auction to launch their tokens over the last year that would have mitigated like 95 percent of the rug pulls yeah people like rug pulls though like you said people like to gamble there's people who buy meme coins knowing full well they're just waiting for one guy to yank the liquidity out but i hope they're in before that they're just gambling and i'm not against gambling i think people like should be able to gamble if they want to but again i'm up for restrictions on gambling advertising right feeding people in feeding people's like addictions overtly is not a good thing. But anyway, free market self-regulation in this context is, as usual, get a DAO to do it, right? So I've got this idea called RegDAO, which is basically, in my mind, RegDAO would curate a rubric by which projects will be assessed on. Right. And that will be the quality of their security arrangements, the quality of their smart contracts, quality of their crypto economics, the token economics around the... Auditing type of thing then. It's a, yeah, it's a self-assessment framework, essentially. <clears throat> and by creating good standards and sharing good standards of good practice, the industry will improve. So 
I made an entire career out of building good practice frameworks for teachers. This is a way for improving your teaching practice. This is good practice and getting other teachers to share good practice and we learn together. Now, it's always a contested space of what is the good practice and what's all what's the right way to to do this. And that's why it needs social consensus mechanisms mechanisms in a DAO. And yeah, we make our own rules and we opt into following them. Now, if we create a really good set of rules, and I think we'd create better ones than those created extrinsically to the space, so I'm pretty damn sure that the creators of the technology would be better placed to understand how the technology should run rather than people who've never written a line of code in their life. And so this is so when you know someone like Zuck stands up and says, "Let me regulate Facebook," or "Let me regulate social media," I said should say, or SBF turns up and says, "I want to be the guy that creates the rules." Is that what you mean? No, because that is centralized actors acting in a centralized fashion for their own desires. Yes. So the big beef I had with SBF's thing was he said and we'll come to this, I think it's a couple one down, is license the front ends. Make anyone running a DeFi system have to apply to a license to some governing body to be able to set up a website. Yeah. Now, that is not free market self-regulation because it's centralised self-regulation. It's, it's actually very close to a regulatory capture attack, right? Because what that does is benefit SBF and his business... Because he doesn't want DeFi exchanges turning up, yeah, taking his liquidity. Correct. And the thing that makes them usable is the front ends, so let's cancel the front ends. In my mind, self-regulation is we, every single actor in the space, anyone who generates something of value, anyone who's released a product and it's got any users and it's obviously not a rug, gets an SBT or something like it, and they get governance rights within a DAO to negotiate what the standards framework should be. And then that DAO issues certificates, NFTs probably, to other DAOs, other DeFi projects, to prove that they've adhered to some standards and that's been validated by a DAO. It's not one actor doing it. It's not the Zuck doing it or Sam doing it. It's the industry doing it in a meaningful way. And that's my sort of probably where my dream scenario is. But... Very unlikely. <laughs> no, right. no one's going to say, all right, then let's let a DAO run regulations for now. That's just a pipe dream. So it probably will happen, but it will go be, oh, we should let's do go it. back to that digital seastead. That's where it's going to happen. I think there's like, no one's arguing that this stuff doesn't want to improve. Like I said earlier, I want this space to be maximally good. Like I want this, to, this space to move into a direction that's productive for humanity. It could go into very dark directions. It could go into, it could just die because it's squeezed, the life squeezed out of it by centralised power. Yep. I doubt it'll go underground at the very least. But yeah, I think there's there's a way of doing this that could improve the space. Like, I think it could be radically improved, in fact, without any external intervention. I think the space would, A, organically improve without much intervention at all, just through free market action, but actually with he's like a DAO that was genuinely guiding it with some of the best minds in the space working on it, which was constantly debated and involved to to match all the... the and the new t- primitives come out daily. 
like whatever framework you create would have to be incredibly agile and laws ain't agile no they're like samsonite luggage yeah like mica one out of the eu is they spent three years building it it's coming to practice in i don't know 18 months or something and then mica two is going to be like another 18 months and then or mica's in now and then it but it's you're talking five to eight to ten year epochs that these things are like pushed through not agile no way that they can respond to the new yield farm like yield farming is in there do you know what i mean it's like there's no way they can respond to the rapid nature of the space so that's dis- most desired and then your next one was progressive supportive regulation yeah so this is progressive supportive regulation is okay we are going to regulate you can't get away with this we just we need to at least shape this industry meaningfully otherwise but you know what we don't want this kind of like absolutely libertarian wild west stuff and all of our citizens gambling on dog ponzies and all this sort of stuff that's always going to be there and one of the things that needs to be understood is that is always going to be there there is only acceptance now there will always be dog ponzies that's it there's no point that back in the box yeah what we can do is say all right let's say this is a good way of doing it so this is a good way of doing it and we support it if you do your nft mint this way if you do your DeFi lending product this way if you do your dow this way then we will give you a bank account we will welcome you to set your offices up in our country in fact, we might even give you some juicy tax breaks. So this is Wyoming LLC stuff. If you come and play by our rules, if you allow us to shut you down whenever we want, we will give you some... Not necessarily. So in my desirable for this one was we recognise permissionlessness as a core affordances. So I said, basically, we discover a synthesis of the technology that maintains its core affordances, that of permissionlessness, decentralised, freely tradable but make things safer and scam-free. So we don't say, no, actually, we can rug you at any time. I think it's basically, we do it, all right, there might be a degree of gating on some NFT mints to make sure you're not taking pure laundered money. And there's just ways of doing it, which means if you follow these standards that are essentially state-approved, a regulated NFT mint, like you can imagine a regulated NFT mint, you come in, you pay your VAT, on your NFTs, 20%, do your raise, sell $90 million worth of monkey JPEGs, do it in our backyard, pay 20%, let everyone's happy, right? And that's what I think nation states should do, is actually look at this as a value driver. We could make loads of revenue off this. Let's attract all of the good crypto projects onto our shores. Let's stop it all running off to offshore jurisdictions let's attract it and actually progressive supportive regulation the nation takes the position of please come and bring your token project your crypto project right. to our shores estonia 2.0 because estonia's kind of was trending in that direction it, it felt like it was they gonna, flipped now they have now flipped yeah they flipped they've been captured that's by, what i mean by 2.0 like yeah, yeah, the yeah, next yeah iteration of yeah. that sort of model yeah so that's my I would say my last d- desirable one. Progressive self-regulation. Um, Progressive supportive regulation. Yeah. So I'd like, and there's a degree to where like, we're trying to somewhat lobby for this in the UK. I'm just 
talking to people who do this kind of stuff and people who might be able to influence this, that is the best case scenario, probably. I don't think we're going to... Now, I don't think one to four in this, as much as I might would like some of them, I don't think they're going to happen. I think they're unlikely. So the DMZ, not yeah. going to happen. Regulate the off-ramps, probably not going to happen. It's not going to stop there. We're basically already at that. Yeah. That would be doing nothing from now on. So regulated marketing. That's going to happen. That's already that's basically already in track. <clears throat> and then free market self-regulation, which is your preferred option. Yeah. Yeah, that's the... I just... The word free market, those two words are just triggering for everybody, even on left and right, if talking politically. Yeah. Right? Like, even people on the right who claim to be free market yeah. people, they're not generally statists. So... I can see how that, that form of Some things should be free market and some things shouldn't. Like, we got, we just went mad with free markets, right, in the 80s. And, like, basically Reagan and Thatcher deregulated everything. And we just, like, instantly turned everything to the global market and everything went to China. You know, and just, like, basically China took all of the industry in the world and now the workshop of the world and now that's all centralised in China. Obviously, free markets aren't great for everything, Right. But there's a degree of things where free markets like allow price discovery, true free and real price discovery, so we know what the value of something is. But it doesn't mean all industry should be without... There's things like healthcare, for example, national infrastructure, I, I would want nationalised. Um, Communist. I know. <laughs> I know. We've just... Ba like, basically, the Germans control our trains at the moment. And the Spanish. Which, and the Spanish. And the French. Yeah, we don't. That's, not, not us, Which no. is... Absurd. We paid like, 300 quid to get to Wales. On the yeah. It like, nearly went back home to Stoke a few weeks ago. And A, there was, most of the trains were sold out and it was rammed. Yeah. And it was, so I looked at getting a first class ticket and it was 300 quid each. Each. Gosh. Each. Yeah. On each way. Yeah. I paid 150, I paid 200 return to get to it Wales. It cost me nearly a grand. I can fly to New York mm. with my family mm. <laughs> for that much money. Anyway. <laughs> without, getting, without going into that too much i think so yeah basically there's a there's but there's a limit to the free market i'm not even convinced it's great for everything but it's good for some things yeah but this is when it gets into the sort of dodgier end of things and we'll go through it quickly got a license for that you got a license for that mate this oh so is, that oh, was on purpose was it oh yeah oh, okay, this, right. this is a meme mate this is like, oh, is it yeah yeah i'm so out of touch mate there's a whole there's like whole forums which are like lampooning government overreach called you got a license for that mate so yeah this is basically licenses license and registration please like papers, please exactly papers please you're not allowed to launch that you have to apply well, really then most of society you can't plait someone's hair as a hairdresser without a license we are which is why and the thing is now there's some things yeah Get a license for that if you're going to be a dentist or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like you shouldn't let pure cowboys do stuff like where a there duty is of care type thing. Yeah, where there is a professional standard to adhere to, right? You, license and registration for your car. Cool. We don't want people who ca I can't drive. I never learned how to drive because really, I've been a perpetual student my entire life. Mate. I'm just like I'm like just lived like a penniless student for most of my life, and then lived with places with great public transport. What do we need a car for? Gonna have to do it at some point. But I say the ship sailed. Don't let me in a car because I'll crash it. You know what I mean? I need a license for that. So some licenses are good for some things. Licenses for websites is tyranny. It's yes. ridiculous. And the point is like, what happens? And I've seen this happen. Like the Maltese crypto regulation thing. I was quite close to for a couple of years. They had this kind of like virtual 
asset provider license or something. I forget what it was called. But that was it. Like, they did the same thing with the whole gaming thing. It was massively corrupt. Basically, like, Malta went all into gambling. So they had these gambling licensing agents. And you just bribed them, basically, and you got one. So the problem is, who issues the license? In this case, it's probably going to be the SEC or the CFTC that says, ah, you're applying to be a crypto commodity, come to the CFTC. Ah, you're applying to be a crypto security, come to the SEC. Yep. You fill out the forms, you pay the lawyers, which is no doubt going to cost you at least a quarter of a million quid. Then you get in the queue. And you wait in the queue. And there's no guarantee how long that queue's going to be. Like, that queue could be years. And I saw people say, yeah, look, there's this new regulatory thing out of America for crypto tokens, Reg A+. And they spent half a million dollars on lawyers applying for it, and they're still in the queue. Yeah. And they applied in 2018. And they just go back and forth. The only people who I know who've actually done that was Blockstack, I think the Stacks token. Stacks. They, yeah, they managed to do it. Um, and yeah, but like no one makes it through this track. It's just a license is a fiat-gated bottleneck. That isn't, you're just giving all of your power to whoever dishes out the license. Not what crypto is about. Yes. And in reality, no one will follow it. People would do it anyway. Do you think the person launching Flocky Queen Inu token is going to get apply for their license to launch the meme coin because Elon Musk just talked about the queen? No, they're not. So most of the tokens are just going to not do it, ignore it all, and frankly one of the worst of all world scenarios for me. And that's what Sam wanted, which is what really annoyed me. So yeah, not a fan of that one. Next, like I've called this world police a little bit spicy, but I'm basically like, the point is, is there's a global overseer of the market, whoever they are, global hegemon. They decide how it all works and they don't even tell you the rules. You just, do whatever you're doing, and then you find out when you've done it wrong when you get arrested. And then you get charged for some egregious thing, some archaic law that was pre-internet or whatever, and you get thrown into the back of a van and put in jail for 30 years for doing something, and you didn't even know you broke the law. And Where we're at. Basically where we're at, like the US nexus extends far beyond US borders. If you have one American in your DAO, then you can be broadly considered with inside the US nexus and be charged under US laws. And the recent CFTC Uki DAO thing was one of these regulation by enforcement deals where they just got a slap, right? This out of blue and treated the DAO as with unlimited liability and so on. Not so basically actually close to where we're at now. So in essence, potentially regulating more limits that scenario a bit. So some regulation might be good in that sense because it clarifies that scenario. And it stops the ability for people to do retroactive stuff, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. It, it, you, you say what the rules are. This is what, and like people say, hey, we want regulatory clarity. And this is the thing. What we might get is the number eight one, which is drop the ban hammer. Yeah. You've got regulatory clarity now. It's yeah. banned. You're not allowed to launch a token. You're not allowed to launch an NFT. You definitely can't launch a DAO. Yeah. Do it and you're 
breaking the law. At your peril. Yeah. You just, it's an arrestable offence. I heard, I was listening to the ARK Invest podcast the other day with Kathy yeah. from ARK, and I can't remember what they were talking about, but it was her and another, another lady talking, and the woman that was talking was like, you really shouldn't, like, I'm not even going to try and do the American accent, but she was like, basically she said, if you're trying to set a crypto project up now, and you're not directly consulting with the SEC or some other regulatory body, if you go to jail, that's your own fault. If you create a project, which means, I, I, exactly, like, if you, you can't see what Nick's doing, but there's a look of exasperation on his face because it is ridiculous. The fact that she came onto that podcast and said that. Do you know why? Because she, she's in there. She's good. She's well, golden. She's rich. Yeah, she's rich. She's got the access. She's got all the people to speak to. Yeah. She can do what the hell she likes. She's got an infinite pool of lawyers. Like, it's your own fault. Yeah. For not having a million dollars yeah. to do your start. How did you not have a billion? How You'd, dare like, you? How dare you be poor? How, how dare, dare you be a peasant? Yeah, povo. Yeah, it's, and it's like it, that position of privilege. Just like I find utterly insane, and and but alarmingly, these are the people who have the ear of the common. regulators. Yeah, is that right? thing. She's in there. She's gold. One hundred percent. And like at the end of the day, like a lot of those kind of actors who are like, "What do you mean you don't want to spend half a million dollars on lawyers?" Blah blah mm. blah. It's like, you've got a full time lobbyist. Most, Why not? Yeah, no. And like half of the reality of it is, I spent like a few years in the London startup scene here, watching people grind with $10,000 throwing together, like if that, just like re- grinding together MVPs and like hustling like a product together out of absolutely nothing. And for me, crypto was the thing that was going to open that up. It was going to allow anyone with an idea to be able to create a thing, bring it into reality and open up the doors to human creativity. Yeah. As soon as you put a 250 grand price ticket on it, yeah, at over. best, yeah, yeah. it's probably going to be close to half a million to a million dollars to be able to get one of these licenses. Yeah, it's like a bank one. license or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're applying to be a bank. Yeah. So you're saying some hacker, like one of the Ethereum hackathons, he's got a great product idea and needs to apply to be a bank in order to launch a website. Get wrecked. I'm sorry, that's utter bullshit. And it's not what this space is about. And anyone championing that is not one of us. No. Frankly. no. It's not what the space is about. Get in the sea. I know I have no interest. <laughs> I'm just like Go for a swim. Yeah. Just leave and don't come back. And go it's just traditional finance thinking being projected. That's exactly onto, right. She was doing TradFi. Yeah. Bank, she was and a lot TradFi. of TradFi people come in because this is where the money's been. This is where all the value creation has been for the last five years. Minimum. Yeah, minimum, actually. Like, the stonks are getting wrecked, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But anyway, that's it. The worst of all worlds is they drop the ban hammer and they just make it all legal. And even then, there's no way to enforce it. No. There's just absolutely zero way you could stop people launching smart contracts. That's what they're for. They're, this is disintermediated value generation. This is create your thing without permission. It's built for the ban hammer dropping. If you drop the ban hammer, you've just made crypto the most real it will ever be. Yeah, And it's like... You've, you've given us the use case that we needed to prove the tech. Exactly. And the it's about you've crushed your citizens into submission but they'll always have crypto. Yeah. And that's when you really should be worried about it. 
So anyway, I mean, the point is, it's like somewhere in there, and it's a mulch of these things, there's a whole range of things to do it, from don't do anything, through to ban it all. The thing is somewhere in the middle. So we've got to find that. And the industry has a lot of work to do. We need to be doing lobbying, because if it's done without, there's people who want number eight. There's people who want it banned. The banks want it banned because they know they're running on Excel 2003. And these guys have got new financial technology that they made, like, with like just out of the system. Like, yeah. the next iteration of all the finance was being generated by DGENs on, an, on their laptops, not on Wall Street. Yes. And that terrifies the shit it's out bottom of Bottom up, not top down. Exactly. I'll ask you another question then. So... There's two things I wanted to cover off with you, and I think I'm going to merge them. Just You tell me if I've understood you correctly. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, what's the most probable regulatory outcome? And I think the actual answer is all of them, because different Some, countries yeah. are going to have China have already gone for eight. They've yeah. gone ban hammer. Exactly. So what's going to happen is different jurisdictions are going to take different approaches. Yeah. My hope is the UK picks one of the good ones. Yeah. I'm going to be trying to persuade as many people as I can that we should pick one of the good ones. Others won't. Yes. And they will be rugged from Web3. Yeah. They just don't. And then they'll come it. super late. Yeah. So rather than investing as an angel, yeah. they'll be coming into series They'll be C. buying our bags yeah, in exactly. 20 years' time. Yeah, they'll be retail. Good luck yeah. to them. So I think that's part of it. And then the other question I want to ask you is, if we, if crypto regulation, if we do get it wrong, is it just innovation stops? It's a bit like, I look at like genomics. Yeah. That was pretty much the ban hammer dropped on that a, a good while back. And because of that, we've missed like 15 years worth of research, which meant that, for example, with things like the pandemic, we just weren't prepared enough because we didn't have this body of research that we could have really pulled upon in order to create like amazing medicines and technologies. And this is what happens. Actually, the genomics was happening. There was gain of function research happening inside labs. Wuhan, making, (laughs) (laughs) Making viruses more deadly and more spread more effectively. Yes. And the private sector wasn't allowed to do it. Yes. So, yeah, it just means everything goes to CBDCs, right? It yeah. just means not for you, for us. Yes. You might have invented it, people, but now... Plebs. So plebs. Yeah, plebs, you made it, but this is ours now. Yes. That's... Now, we don't want the world to get to that dynamic, like, it's a point where I say you basically dox yourself as authoritarian scumbags if you do that. And that's the thing. Pick the, up bad guy token. You, you're like, you're picking up, you're putting on the black hat and the people might not like it. Ultimately, the people rule, right? We do live in democracies for the most part and the people do actually rule. So it's going to be, and look, this is going to be one of the most interesting political narratives over the next 10 years. Like, this is going to be a super important conversation and... It worries me, like, talking about some of the things we've done today, there's going to be some nation states who find what we've said, like, incredibly egregious, and just like, this is like... Why do you think my name is Marsh Frost? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. I should have... It's too late for that, isn't it? But please don't throw me in the back of the van. (laughs) Feds. Paddy Wagner. Talking about throwing people in the back of the van, is SBF... Yeah, is FBF a turncoat? Is he a turncoat? Is he a turncoat? This is one of the things that might get me in a lot of trouble for some kind of slander or something. I don't know. I don't know what his intentions are. 
I don't I, think it's slanderous to call someone a turncoat, is it? I don't know, mate. I don't know. My I wrote a post, a Twitter thread called a, the classic regulatory capture attack that went somewhat viral last week. The guys from Bankless went through it on their podcast and stuff. I wasn't actually talking about Sam when I wrote that. I was thinking about someone else who's quite prominent in the space. This um, could be slander. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is that there's a few running at it. Yeah, and I yeah. know there is. There's people who want to manipulate the rules to their own goals. That's a given. It's a given in any Always. industry. Yeah, everywhere. Always. Assume it's happening. And like I say, that the incentive mechanisms, the incentive designs. Turncoat, I don't think he was ever on our side. I think he was a TradFi guy who literally dragged a load, I don't know how many billion dollars worth of value out of crypto over the last few years and is now trying to be the king of the castle. Legitimise himself, so to speak. Yeah, he's that, yeah. He made a lot of money on shit coins. Yes. And shit coins. Yeah. And now wants to be the good, which is a bit disingenuous at the very least. I'm not sure. I'm quite pleased with the backlash that he got out of the industry. The industry does defend itself demonstrably. He took a lot of flack for a thing, including from me and several others around the space. And yeah. Good. It's like that we need to defend ourselves, but we need to defend ourselves more. Yeah. I think we can, there's some things on that I think we could discuss actually in, in the next couple of episodes. I think with that, what I wanted to do is talk a bit about what's going on in the world at the moment. There's a lot of stuff. There is. I think we've got three things on our thing. I think we said we were going to talk about Elon Musk. Yes. Twitter. Elon Musk has actually, it, it felt like, do you see the Dogecoin today? No. Up 8%. Is it? 8% is kind of disappointing, to be honest. So the day's only just beginning. <laughs> That's 4 true. Here. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like, for me, it liked all looked all off. It was on, then it was off, and then it was off for ages, and then it was back on again, then it happened. And he's in the office bringing a kitchen sink in it, saying, let that sink in. Um... He's a mad lad. And, like, we were talking about this before, but I actually really like Elon. I, I don't dislike him. You know, I just... Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> I, I like Elon. He's a mad lad. Like, he's going to do some mad stuff with Twitter. I'm trying to persuade him to launch a token. Like, he should totally turn Twitter into a DAO. He's saying, oh, yeah, we're going to be some free speech bastion. Good luck. The EU are already saying, actually, Elon, you must follow our rules in our yard. And actually, they're incredibly censorious. Like, the EU already force Twitter to censor posts of all sorts of reasons and if he's going to try and wind that back, he's going to be having a full-on war with EU regulators. This is why I think Kanye buying Parler is far more interesting. There could be some kind of merger or something. No, I just think Parler's best, better placed to pursue free speech. He's up to something. Like, Kanye's just gone, like... Full mad? Like, overtly racist. And, like, just... The, the, there's an interview with him in Pierce Morgan where he said, you, this is this is racist, right? And he went, yes. That's why I said it. Like, he's on some mad tip at the moment. I actually think it's because Elon's taking over Twitter. Kanye's thinking, ah, free speech platform. Let's see why we can take this. Because he can take the brakes off his influence. In his Lex Friedman interview, he's... I haven't listened to it yet. Listen to it. It's bonkers. Like, I, I had to stop halfway through because it's just too mind-bendingly stupid. I'm currently listening to the Balaji one, which is eight hours long. Yeah, no, I, just, I haven't gone there yet. But, like, 
the Kanye one, it's just him gibbering like a lunatic for like hours. And but in it, he says it's not Joe Biden's of this world who are influential. It's me. It's me and Donald and Elon. And said so we are the influencers. We control the world. And you think well, actually. He's got a point. He's, I'd, say, I, I'd say he's got a point. I don't think he's Biden's got a whole particularly world talking about him. He, like everyone is screaming about Elon this week. He can make the whole world talk about him if he wants to. And in fact, that's his goal. It's very clear. He's got in his mind, he's driving the discourse into a particular direction. It's of his design. It's going to get spicy. And it. like Twitter's going to be the battleground for this because Elon's coming in saying. It's now a free speech platform. Does that mean he brings Donald back? Does that mean, like, it's next few well, years? Ha- I, mean, I mean, let's just, just quickly, it's a frame, I think, for this, which is you can't have the Ayatollah of Iran on Twitter and ban Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just can't. There was a liberal bias, obviously, around Twitter. The It was overt and obvious, and it's be, become round. And it's not even our liberal bias. It's just our bias. It's So, yeah, anyway... Elon's going to shake things up. So just quickly on that, though, Binance has put 500 million in that, which is really interesting. CZ's in for 500 million. They've got some crypto plan. They have to be a DAO if they genuinely want to be censorship resistant. What he's talking about is censorship resistant. You're a free speech platform. That means censorship resistant, which means crypto. There's, there's no way he can't do it. He has to basically decentralize this. It has to become a DAO. We know this. It's going to happen, right? There's, there's, if he's serious about doing it. If he's not, then it won't. Yeah, finally, Meta lost 20% of its value yesterday. About a year ago, I tweeted, Meta looks like a rug, and it was a big red candle down by about 25%. It's bled out another 25 30%, and then had another giant red candle down. It's down 75% on the year. And this is with them buying nearly $50 billion of their own stock. Yeah. They did the most aggressive buyback plan of anyone in the stock market, and it's still down 75%. Yeah. The Zuck bought the top of his own shitcoin. Yes. And now it's doing the same thing that Sailor did when he was buying Bitcoin at 60 grand, like, you know, like $50, million. billion, sorry. Yeah, like $100 million clips. And now it's down at 20 grand. He's got no more money and he's buying 50 bitcoins. He's retired. He's not CEO anymore. But like the same thing has happened. They blew all their money buying it expensive. And now when they should be buying the dip with the buybacks, they've got no money left. Welcome to retail, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is us. So, yeah. And Quest Pro thing is, it's an impressive bit of kit, but it's 1500 It's a new bucks. one. Yeah, it's their yeah. new... So that was meant to be the big announcement. I think what's happened is the big announcement is Zuck's all in the metaverse. It's got the new Oculus. It's going to take over the world. And it's bloody obviously not because it's 1,500 grand and obviously a Gen 1. Like, it's... It, it's clunky. Bat- it's going to be clunky. It's It looks great, but its battery life is two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's no good. No dice. Two hours. Yeah. It's a, not going to work for anyone. Yeah. It's basically like a dev kit. It's for people... It's so its market is tiny. It's tiny. They're going to lose a huge amount of money on it. The market realized it and dumped their bags. And yeah, can't help but enjoy this. This is the death of Web 2.0. It's what I've been. Pro- so you think it's a death now? I think this. I think the death of Web 2.0 is obvious. I think it's. No, this is a death now. You think this 
moment in time is a flag. It's like this. This is a moment. It has been for the last year. I think like Meta, like Facebook is a ghost town. I think, as far as I can tell, WhatsApp has no business model. No, Instagram is saving them at the moment. Yeah, the VR thing might take five to seven years to play out. I think they're in, they're struggling. They they really lost money. Jim Cramer was crying about this. We've seen that video of Jim. It's hilarious. Jim Cramer literally crying his eyes out. Like tears, tears. Tears for fear. Tearing up, like choking up, like saying, I trusted the management team. It's found like, the lead. It's one of the last yeah, yeah. things I mean, found the like, lead. Which was, I think Google's dead. I think long-term Alphabet's in serious trouble. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we also wanted to quickly touch on before we wrap this show up was Rishi. Yes, new prime minister. So I put a tweet out maybe about a week ago which was out of the last, in the last 12 years, we've had four prime ministers, which was the worst, basically. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. David Cameron came out on top, if I remember. That's the best. But that's because he's, I think it's just recency bias. I think he's that far away now that people don't remember that he's the one that set up. I hated David Cameron. He set up this fight. He set up where we are now. Yeah, yeah. He he was like, you know, that domino meme when someone was pressing, he was one of the small domino in the river of shit that's come down. 100%. Yeah, but that shows you the poor state of things. So obviously, last week we were talking about Liz getting ousted. Now we've got Rishi. He said he was going to turn the UK into a crypto asset. This may have been pure marketing and fluff and actually is not on our side at all. I think that might be the case. I think, yeah, they've said that. The fact he froze out our boy Matt Hancock on that you saw that video didn't you have you not seen it there's a video of him where they're all coming around he's shaking hands everyone's like clapping rishi yay rishi because they're like they're all got a butter up to him now and matt's there giving him a round of applause and he goes to shake his hand and he just ghosts him oh like really like obviously freezes him out and i'm thinking is that because matt's pro crypto probably not there's so much going on this is the thing it could easily be he's just but matt kissed his wife or something (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but yeah that's that's been the major stuff this week yeah this was fun it was good i think there's a lot there so what i've done is i've in the show notes there's links to everything nick has spoken about today in terms of his tweet threads that you can catch up on absolutely read that it's a short read but i think it's really insightful Obviously, you can always find us on our socials. So we're on Twitter. We've got our website. All the links are in the show notes there. And if you do want to be involved in this, you can buy yourself one of our NFTs and essentially come and submit your suggestions to the DAO. We're going to change the model of that over the coming weeks. But for now, that's how it's going to work. There's also a voice note messages system as well, which if you want to leave us a voice note and we can add that to the recording, we can do all types of things with that. But come and Tell us whatever you're thinking, basically. So, yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. We really appreciate your time this week and have a great weekend. See you later, Nick. See you later, mate. Cheers.